Hello, and welcome to episode 29 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pennell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business or you're just thinking about starting one, then Vegan Business Tribe is here to support you and inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. And if you want to go beyond the podcast and connect with our community of like-minded vegan entrepreneurs, then head over to veganbusinesstribe.com where you can get more involved in our community and help support our mission. You can also attend our online meetups. You can get support from Lisa and myself with your vegan business. You can study our vegan marketing course and just be part of a wonderful community of vegan business people just like you. And we're always really grateful to our members because they are the people who mean that we can keep recording this podcast every week and keep putting out all of our content and just generally doing everything we can to support vegan business worldwide. Now, it's been a busy old time at Vegan Business Tribe. We've just put out what is something of an annual report on the website. It's our journey document, as we're calling it. And this covers what we've achieved in the first year of Vegan Business Tribe and what our plans are for the next 12 months. Now, I know that a lot of our members enjoy learning from watching how we're building Vegan Business Tribe ourselves. So we've been as transparent and open as possible in this report. We've shared all our figures, we've shown how we do our own marketing, what we've learned, and how we've taken all that member feedback to make a plan for the next year. We've really laid ourselves bare. So, if you like that real behind-the-scenes stuff, go and download the PDF from the website and also just let me know what you think of our plans for the next 12 months. Because one of the great things about Vegan Business Tribe is how much hands-on time we're getting to spend with our members in the Slack groups and on the business clinics and the meetups. And not only does this mean that we get constant feedback from our members, but it also gives me endless topic ideas for this podcast. Probably at least 50% of these podcasts, they come from conversations that I've had with Vegan Business Tribe members. And today is no different because in two of last week's business clinics, the topic of finding your niche came up. And if you're already a vegan business, you might think that this is a bit of a dumb question because surely vegan is already a niche. But if you think that you're already a niche company just because you're a vegan company, then I'm afraid you're at least five years too late for that. Go back five years and if I'd have spotted a vegan burger at a supermarket, I'd have probably bought it just for the novelty value. But the last time I went around our local supermarket, I counted seven different vegan burgers. And three of those, they were supermarket own brand. Now, I'm using the example of burgers here, but I could have said vegan videographers or vegan copywriters or vegan personal trainers, vegan cake companies, vegan food trucks, vegan greeting card companies. I could introduce you to several companies in each of those sectors. Just off the top of my head, you have to understand 
that vegan it's now just for sector that you're in you are no longer in a niche and if you want to find your niche you're going to have to dig deeper but before we get too far into that let's just take a step back and look at the concept of what a niche is and why it's important to your business now first if you're listening in the US and you're wondering what the heck i am talking about then you will have heard it called niche and that's just a transatlantic pronunciation thing. Niche is actually a French word. It just means an alcove or a recess in a wall. So in the UK, we tend to pronounce it the same way as the French do. But we know that our friends in the US like to make words their own. So you pronounce it niche. But it just means the same thing. Niche or niche, it's the same word. And it means having a really focused area of specialism for your business. A niche in business terms is something that most of the population probably won't really care about. But a select smaller percent of people will absolutely love it. For example, you might sell pedal bikes, but if you sold bikes, just for people who lived in high-rise flats or on canal boats or in city apartments, that would be a really niche product. And you might think that's a quite a small, obscure marketplace as far as selling bikes goes. And you're right. When most people are buying a bike, where they're going to store that bike isn't actually that important to most people. We care more about how many gears it's got or what the frame is made out of, or is it a road bike or a trail bike? But for some people, having nowhere to actually keep a bike, that's their real issue that stops them from buying one. And these people are a really underserved market. You walk into a bike shop and say you need a bike that just takes up no space and you'll be met with some interesting faces from the sales staff. But that's where Brompton Bikes comes in. They are very modern, practical bikes that fold up into about a half metre that you could easily put in a cupboard or the bottom of your wardrobe. And that's perfect if you live in a city flat. And that's their real niche market that they have developed, selling not just to people who want a bike, but people who want to own a bike but have no space to keep one. And this means that all their marketing can be created so that it resonates with a specific type of customer. There's no need to try and fight the other bike companies about how many gears you've got or how light your frame is. They know that they're solving a really niche problem for a specific customer, so they're going to win every time. And Brompton Bikes, they're not just popular with people who live in apartments. They're really popular with people who have a canal boat or a camper van too. And believe it or not, Brompton is the UK's largest bike manufacturer. They make about 40,000 bikes a year. But there's a good chance that you have never heard of them just because you're not in that niche. And this is the beauty of developing a niche. You can be a really successful business that no one has heard of and have almost no competition in your marketplace. 
So let me give you another example. You might have come up with the idea to make a vegan greeting cards company. And there's a fair chance that you didn't actually know that a lot of greeting cards are not vegan. The inks that they use, the glues, the laminates that make them all shiny on the front, all of these can and regularly do have animal ingredients in them. So you learn this and you come up with the idea to make a vegan greeting cards company and think, well, what an amazing idea. What an amazing niche. All the vegans who want to buy greetings cards, they're going to flock to me. Well, sorry. No. Just go and type vegan greeting cards into Google and take a scroll through the six and a half million results. And that's because... As we said right at the start, vegan greetings cards, that's not a niche. At least not anymore. It's a sector. And if you want a vegan business that operates in a niche, you're going to have to drill down a lot further than that. And that's exactly what vegan greeting cards company Little Green Pigeon did. They create vegan greetings cards, especially for people who love pigeons. Now, I know what you're thinking, but even if you want a happy Easter card, you can get one with a cartoon of a pigeon wearing rabbit ears for that somebody in your life who just loves pigeons. Now, that is a niche. And if you're vegan and you love pigeons or you want to buy a card or a t-shirt or even a printed water bottle for somebody else who loves pigeons too then once you know Little Green Pigeon, no other greetings cards company will be able to compete for your business. Now, the reason that Lisa and I love Little Green Pigeon is because we've had rescue pigeons that have made their home on our balcony and we've cared for. And it's not until you've spent time in the company of a pigeon, and stick with me on this one, but it's not until you've done that that you genuinely come to appreciate what amazing little characters they are. So, of course, if you have no interest in pigeons, then you will just scratch your head at the idea of a whole website dedicated to vegan greetings cards featuring cartoon pigeons. But for those who have made a similar connection to pigeons that Lisa and I have made, then there's no need to ever buy a card from any other company. As one of the slogans says, in a world full of flamingos, be a pigeon. And this isn't just a hobby company. Sue, who owns Little Green Pigeon, is able to take a wage from the business and the sales from the online card shop go directly towards the running costs of their family-run bird sanctuary in Staffordshire. Now, this isn't me just giving a plug to one of our Vegan Business Tribe members, although Sue has been amazing in her support for us in this first year, and I know she's a regular listener, so go check her out at littlegreenpigeon.co.uk. But this is a real example of what having a niche business can do. Sue could just run a greeting cards company, and she would find herself in competition with every other greeting cards company out there. Drilling down a bit more, Sue could have launched a vegan greeting card company. But even the biggest online card companies now have vegan rangers made with animal-free inks and laminates. But because Susan's found this real niche, once someone who is vegan and really loves pigeons finds her company, she has no 
competition. Does this mean that she has a far, far smaller customer base to try and sell to? Yes, of course it does. But it's far better to get all the sales within a niche than be constantly fighting every other company over a really small percentage of sales in a bigger marketplace. Having a niche company also means that you'll find it far easier to build a following and connect with your potential customers. So say you're a personal trainer. If that's the only way you present yourself, saying that you work with anyone and everyone, then you're putting yourself in direct competition with every other personal trainer in your local area. But how about if you're a personal trainer who also helps people transition to plant-based too? Straight away, you will have put off about three quarters of your potential marketplace. And that's great. Because now you know that you can change your marketing messages so you can really connect with not just the people who are looking to get fit, but as part of that, they're also interested in the idea of plant-based eating. You will just connect with these people so much better. But what if you narrow that down even more? Perhaps you're a personal trainer who loves introducing people to plant-based, but you've had some real success in working with people over 50. Instead of just being a general personal trainer, why not set yourself up as a specialist doing just that? And again, this sounds counterintuitive because you might feel that you've just put a huge scythe through the majority of your potential customers, but let everybody else fight over them. Because what you have done is uncovered those that really connect with your niche and your message. Because if you are a 55-year-old man who has just come back from the doctors and been told that you need to reduce your cholesterol, cut down on eating meat and lose weight, else you might not be coming back for your 60-year-old checkup, then to this person, you will have no competition. All your marketing messages will hit home. You can talk about why your approach works so well for the over 50s. And in this situation, you could line up with 20 other personal trainers and that specific customer would pick you every time. Even if you were the most expensive. Even if you had a six-week waiting list. But you don't need to make that leap to niche straight away. In fact, you'd be a bit of a fool if you just sacked off all your current customers because you think your new marketing messages might put them off. Most of our customers only look at our website or engage with our marketing before they're a customer. Your long-term customers, they probably haven't been to your homepage in ages. So don't worry too much about that. But the improvement you will get in being able to put out marketing messages that really connect with a specific niche customer, being able to prove that you are the absolute expert in dealing with their specific problem, that will more than replace any customers that might get put off by you niching down. I'll use myself as another example. In one of my very early businesses, we used to sell websites to absolutely 
anyone who wanted a website. And we said that we gave a great service. We said that we were really creative. And we said that we spent time getting to understand the customer. But everyone else was saying that too. And guess what? The only way we could find to win business regularly was by being the cheapest. And this is never a pleasant business model. But we scraped away at that one for years, trying to make enough profit and scale up a business that was trying to sell websites cheaper than everyone else. Contrast that with Lisa and mine's last business before we moved into the vegan sector. Now, we made a name for ourselves as the go-to marketing consultants for a really specific niche manufacturing sector that many people found difficult to work in, but we loved it and we had experience in it and we excelled at it. And we charged 100 times more than I was charging 10 years earlier when I was trying to sell to everyone. But that's the power of being a niche company. So I'm aware that I've spent quite a bit of time talking now without really answering the question that we set out to answer. How do you actually find your niche? And if I'm being honest, it's actually quite hard because most find it by accident. And I want to be really honest with you about this. It's rare that I meet a business that launches a niche business day one and makes a success of it. Because by their very nature, niches usually lay undiscovered. A lot of people set out to build a business because they think they've found a gap in the market, but they haven't actually proven that there's a market in that gap. There's no point setting up a company selling left-handed basket weaving kits just because you're a left-handed basket weaver and you couldn't find a kit for you. So that's why finding a niche is usually, it's a bit of a journey. It takes time and experience of a marketplace to then find and develop a niche within it. So a personal trainer who specializes in over 50s, they don't start out by doing that. They probably started out as a normal personal trainer and then happened to get one customer over 50 and realised that their mix of training and personality, that actually worked really well for older people. And before they know it, they found their niche. So often, we have to start out quite generalist until we better understand the sector that we're working in and find those niches within it. Go listen to any founder's story of how somebody set up a large, successful company and you will hear a story of how someone stumbled upon a niche idea, usually by failing with lots of different other ideas first. Airbnb is called Airbnb because it was supposed to be people renting airbeds in their house. The global fitness phenomenon Zumba started by mistake when aerobics teacher Beto Perez bought the wrong music to his class. You are probably going to find your niche idea when you're looking for something else entirely. And it's this concept of movement, of being on a journey, of keeping talking and testing and being open to opportunities that you really need to embrace. 
It will be a conversation with a single customer, or it'll be a product that takes off like you were not expecting it to, or it'll be a chance encounter with someone at a networking event or a vegan fair that will lead you to developing a niche offering. It will be a test that doesn't quite go the way you thought it would. It will be a reaction from your customers that you are not expecting. And you might think that this is a bit of a cop-out answer to the question of how to find your niche. But it's important that you understand a huge part of finding your niche is actually being open to finding it in the first place. I've met so many companies over the last year who have found their niche because they've been forced to try lots of different ideas in response to the coronavirus. And although we have to acknowledge that for some businesses, the coronavirus lockdowns have been devastating. But for others, it's been exactly the shakeup they needed to find what was going to make them a success. Have you ever worked for a business that refused to try anything new and just became stagnant? Well, the wonderful thing about having your own business is that you are in charge of that journey. If you want to change the situation you are in, you can. You are not a pot plant, but we forget that. And if you're trying to find a niche purposely agitate your business and follow your hunches. Speak to your customers and test out what you learn. If a customer who loves your product says, wouldn't it be great if, then try the if. You don't need to spend months getting ready to launch a new product to test it. Take an idea, set yourself a deadline of 48 hours, put a single web page together rather than a full website and send it out and get some feedback. Is there interest in this before taking it further? Don't spend six months creating an online course or writing a book. Run a couple of Facebook Live to see who turns up or some question and answer sessions on Zoom and see what you could learn from these first. If it works and you found something that people seem to love, put more time and resources into taking it further. If it doesn't, then take what you've learned and just move on to the next one. Again, take Lisa and I. We didn't set out to launch Vegan Business Tribe. We knew we wanted to be in the vegan sector and we set out doing something actually completely different. And it wasn't until a chance presentation that I did at the plant-based expo at London Olympia with really low expectations but an open mind that we discovered our niche. So once you've got yourself to the place where you're open to finding these opportunities and more importantly, you're taking steps to make those opportunities happen. So you're talking to your customers and really making them your best friends. You're getting out from behind your desk and mixing with other people who are on the same mission as you just to stimulate those conversations. Once you're doing all this, then there's an extra thing you have to do to help you move towards finding your niche. And that is take your direction from your heart. Now, I can maybe only get away with saying this because we're a vegan business podcast, but one of the most important pieces of business advice I ever got was to align your passion with how you make a living. 
It's why Lisa and I wanted to get involved in the vegan business scene in the first place. And if you are trying to decide on your niche, then start by asking yourself, what is it that you are passionate about? What gets you out of bed in the morning? And this is really important because regardless of how much testing you've done to determine if there is a market for a niche idea or product, if you are genuinely not excited and passionate about it, then you cannot expect anyone else to be either. Let me let you into a little secret. Every time we get a new member sign up at Vegan Business Tribe, Lisa and I we do a little dance around the office or wherever we happen to be at that time. It's become a bit of a ritual now and I can't imagine that we'll ever stop doing it because every time we get a new member, we're getting excited about getting to know someone new, about having a one-to-one with them and seeing how we can help. We genuinely get excited at the prospect of getting to know this new person and helping them move the vegan business scene forward. And that's the kind of feeling you should be looking for when you're deciding which niche to follow. So if you already do lots of different things in your business or you already service lots of different types of customers and you don't know which to focus on, ask yourself, out of all the things you do, which do you actually want to do? Forget weighing up the pros and cons for a moment. Which makes you jump out of bed in the morning? Which will make you dance around the office? And if you could get rid of everything else in your business and just focus on one thing, what would that one thing be? Because if you do have that one thing in your business that you are really passionate about, that should be the thing you're building your business around. And that should be the starting point for finding your niche. Passion makes all the difference to a business. Your customers will see the difference. If you've got employees, they will see the difference. It will just pour out of you. Hopefully when you listen to this podcast, you can hear in my voice that I'm talking about things that I'm really passionate about. I can only do 12 hours of back-to-back one-to-ones with new vegan business tribe members because I really love what I'm doing. And if you found that you've lost the passion in your business, then go right back to the thing that made you set up your business in the first place and start there. Aligning your niche with what you are passionate about might be the thing that brings that passion back. Okay, so it's time for the bullet points. It's time to have a recap on what we've just gone through on how to find your niche. Point one, a vegan business is no longer a niche business. Vegan is just the sector you're in. And if you want to find a niche, you're going to have to dig a lot deeper than that. Two, a niche is something that most of the population won't care about, but a select small percent of people will absolutely love. And if you do it right, you can develop a company that has pretty much no competition folding bike manufacturers for people who live in city apartments, greeting cards companies for people who love pigeons, personal trainers for people who are over 50. How many of those do you have in your local area? Point three, 
Make sure that you test your niche idea before spending time and resources on it. You might have found a gap in the market, but have you tested if there's a market in that gap? You don't need to build an entire online course before you test if there's an interest in it. Run a couple of Facebook Lives or Zoom sessions first and see what people you attract. 4. If you have a niche service or product selling to really targeted customers, then you know what their exact problems are. You can make sure that all your marketing messages will really connect with them. Because remember, it's far better to get all the sales within a niche that you feel passionate about than be constantly fighting every other company to get a really small percentage of sales in a bigger marketplace that you just care less about. Point five, you don't need to make the leap to niche straight away. In fact, you'd be a bit of a fool if you just sacked all your current customers. So transition, build up your niche offering first and just let your old customers naturally fall off as and when they want to. Or even see if you can take some on the journey with you if you can. Six, if we're being honest, then most people find their niche by accident more than design. But that doesn't mean that you should just sit there and wait for it to happen. Open yourself up to the opportunities because it will be a conversation with a single customer or it'll be a test product that takes you by surprise or a chance encounter with someone at a networking event or a vegan fair that will lead you to finding your niche. So make those opportunities happen. Come to our networking meetups at Vegan Business Tribe or join in with our support group on Slack. Seven. And finally, take your direction from your heart. Ask yourself, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Because that should be the thing you are building your business around. And aligning your niche with what you are passionate about that might be the thing that brings all that passion back to your business. So that is it. And as always, thank you for listening. I always really appreciate you giving up your time to listen each week because we're all so busy. But if I can ask you one last favour before you go, if you found this podcast really useful, then I would love it if you shared it with any other vegan businesses you think it would also help. Leisha and I, we founded Vegan Business Tribe because we don't think that vegan businesses should be the ones with a label. Why should we have to point out that our businesses don't cause cruelty or harm to animals? It should be the ones that do that have to carry a warning. But to get us to this point, we need to skill up as many grassroots vegan businesses as possible to have a bigger impact on the business scene. And you can be part of that by helping us share our message with all the other vegan businesses that you know. A share a like or just a, a five-star review if your podcast platform lets you do that. That all goes a really long way. And finally, 
If you want to support us on this mission, then do go take a look at veganbusinesstribe.com because this is where you can link up with Lisa and I. You can be part of the community, joining our networking meetups and even study a vegan marketing course as well as supporting all the work we do. And all this for the cost of a cup of coffee a week from your local vegan cafe. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the next one.